hidden behind closed doors. This is Beer Me Movies. I'm Jason. And I'm Michael. Jason, what movie are we talking about today? Today, we're going to discuss 1978's Blue Sunshine, written and directed by Jeff Lieberman. Michael, what are we drinking today? Jason, we have Landlock Blues Sour from Back Pocket. It's a collaboration between Back Pocket and Moore Brewing Company. They're from the Midwest. It's inspired by the Blue Hawaiian Cocktail. It has pineapple, orange puree, toasted coconut, and for to give it the bluish tint you see, it has spirulina, which is a, an algae, a freshwater algae. I read a little bit about it. So cheers. Cheers. I don't know about you. There's a time and a place for a tiki drink. You yeah. Know, like a blue Hawaiian. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. You drive those down. And this has that. It's a lighter alcohol content. Oh, yeah. Because those tiki drinks put your rate on your Oh, yeah. But This is good. Nice it's hour. refreshing. Oh. And uh, they sponsor us. So this is, thank you so much, Back Pocket. One thank of my, you. One of my trips home. They hooked nice. me up. We I went into the brewery there. I was tasting beers, trying to decide, and I knew we had this coming. And I saw this on the board, and I said, "What's up with that?" And the lady gave me a taste, and I went, "Oh, I liked Sign it. Me it's up. really good." And then it had the blue, <laughs> Landlock Blues, Blue Sunshine. Hey, boom, done. This is your pick. Yes, and, and I'm just going to say real quick, I'm so glad you picked it because this is a difficult movie to find, and I've been wanting to see this movie. Again, we bring this up sometimes. A little older. I didn't have yep. the internet growing up. We had movie yep. books. Yep. And so I'd read, and I came across this movie, and I wanted to see it. I'm like, this movie sounds crazy. So I wanted to watch it for years, but it's it's hard to find. You didn't see it in video stores. Streaming it, I found you had a copy. Yes. But I found it in like two parts on Daily Motion. But otherwise, it's like they must have an army of people keeping this from just being put out there for whatever reason. No, I first... Maybe it's a government conspiracy. Maybe it is. <laughs> I first came across it, I want to say, are they called Overlook? Can't remember what it's called. I have these film encyclopedias, and one's called Horror, and one's called Sci-Fi. And they're around coffee table size, even though it's just it's just a massive encyclopedia by decade of sci-fi movies or horror movies. And I was just going through the 70s one time reading it. You know, it was kind of fun. That's what and I came across this movie, and I had never heard of this movie. And so then I put on the list, like, well, I have to track it down because the little descriptor sounds really interesting. Basically, a drug that impacts your chromosomes 10 years later. And you Acid. Get, yeah. And you get alopecia, plus you go insane. Really insane. <laughs> like, I would put it under, you know, sort of a realistic horror. Yeah. You know, there's nothing supernatural. And I mean, it's like the, the idea of the acid flashback yeah. is a real thing. But yeah, this one does alter and, and it's almost like it's almost like a time release. Yeah. Which I, we're going to get into it, yeah. but there, there's like I, I like this. I'll tell you right up front. I enjoy this. There are things I think that they left some stuff on the table. They did. They, they left some opportunities. Now, if you want to spend some money, Synapse Video, which I think does like collectors and small print runs, they have a two DVD set with this movie, some extras, a 30-minute interview with Jeff Lieberman. So now you can find it. But once again, this, it's not something that's still easily found or accessible. I had found the video and I made a digital copy of it. And nice. then I lost the video. <laughs> I just have no idea where it's at. That video could be worse. Exactly. <laughs> Bummer. <laughs> totally 70s movie. Absolutely. We even get disco. Mm-hmm. A discotheque at a oh, mall. Yeah. Yes. Climatic at, scene. At, when malls were a huge deal. <laughs> malls were the center of life for a lot of communities. There are a couple things, especially in the open, a montage or a sequence 
where we go from like credits and the score is very cool. It's yes. like very percussive. Almost, I thought it was like kettle drums. I'm not sure exactly. I tried to find out what the instruments were, but it's this very kind of trippy music. Kind of, kind, kind of music. Sets you at ease. And they, it you're does. right, they have those little vignettes. And then they have the giant blue moon constantly transposed. Which, which is, he did on purpose because he wanted to set us up for yeah. the baldies. I yes. call them the baldies. Yes. But they do. They go from like a little scene and then they go to the credits. Yep. And it's like this back and forth, this cutting up of the opening credits. It's yeah. really cool because we, we get introduced to characters. We get introduced to Dr. Bloom yeah. and everybody, th- this movie could have been called Red Herring. Yes. Because there are, you just constantly are bombarded with suspicion. Dr. Bloom is one of the, the first guy we meet and his patient tells him, you look awful. Yeah. And he's got to operate on her. And he's popping pills. Later on, we learn that they're aspirin, but he's yeah. popping pills. And he's doing, every, everybody's doing the thing where you put your hand up to your head like, oh, my, my head hurts. In addition, every man and a lot of the women in this film, is that their real hair or is that a wig that they're trying to hide that their hair has been falling out because they've been impacted by this acid? Which is interesting, Jason, but it's it's tough because it's also, that's 70s hair. Just like, <laughs> like Zalman like, King has like a mane. Yeah. I mean, the 70s hair, it was like everybody did look like they put a helmet of hair on. It was very odd. We're meeting Wendy. She's a woman that's babysitting these kids who are horrible. These, these kids are the, some of the most annoying kids. I wanted them to get got so bad. And they're watching Rap- the, the section of Rapunzel about her <laughs> hair. Like, there's all these little red <laughs> herrings. It's a movie that if you watch it the first time through, you're not going to catch up. But it's really clear. It's you know, In fact, she mentions it one time. But for the first viewing, I remember, like, I didn't know who Wendy was. I thought, it was a, I thought the parent of the kids was more important. But Wendy is the divorced wife of... Ed Fleming, who's running for Congress. Yep. They went together when they were all at Stanford. Stanford is the key. Yes. And then we go to, we meet the O'Malley's. Barbara O'Malley is talking to Richie, the neighbor. He's got his dog. Something's up there dropping all these little tidbits. Her husband, something's going on with her husband. They make a comment about his wig. He's not fooling anyone. And then John shows up. He's He's the husband. He shows up. He's very odd. And he has a parrot that says blue sunshine. Yeah. Did he teach? Like, he just sat around going, I'm going to teach my, there was an acid I took in college. And I, I thought it was really cool. So I'm going to teach, that's what I'm going to teach my bird. Well, even you thought the mom, there was something wrong with her because the kids come down to get a snack and she goes like ballistic and she just screams at their top of their lungs, yeah. something about like, don't touch that but, chocolate pudding. It's for your dad. Yeah. Like, but you know what though? I think that was just normal 70s parenting. <laughs> well, that's when, Jen watched, walked in, I'm like, I go, is that how they parented in the 70s? <laughs> Just scream at the top of your lungs. <laughs> and then we get things really rolling because yeah. we go to this groovy 70s party. You said it, super 70s. Oh, super 70s. And, and we, get, we get somebody, an actor we really know well, Brian <laughs> James. Yes. He's at the party. This is all he does. He's Only just scene. He, in sitting movie. in a chair, and then he gets up, starts flapping his arms like wings and freaking out. Just being a drunk wasted guy at a party flying around getting in people's faces and screaming and everyone just kind of like oh oh, tony and i think that was like there's a joke among his friends because the guy goes do you know rodan to this one woman he's talking about the party and she's like oh the artist no no no, the monster from godzilla that's what he's doing 
<laughs> so he's the guy who's like, oh, he's going to pull out his Rodan impersonation yeah. at this party when it, he gets lit. <laughs> yes, and, and I guess it could be worse. There are people who do other things that are much worse than that. You know, it's like, but he's that guy. But then Franny comes in, and we get like, this is this movie doesn't waste its time. It's an hour and a half. He's a photographer. We find out that's a, and he wants to do a singing. Did you ever have that happen at a party where someone's like, hey, stop everything. I'm going to do a scenario. Dean Martin actually made the song famous. But. Yeah. And at a point where everybody's excited, they're like, whew, Franny's <laughs> going to sing. Like, we're in luck at this party because this rarely <laughs> happens. And it's not even, he starts with it and his buddy Jerry is there like, they're going to do a duet. Yeah. Another thing that was just odd. <laughs> and he says, no, Jerry, we're not doing a duet. I'm just going to do it. And it's not like he has his great voice. He no. starts singing Just In Time. It's a classic song. Like I said, everybody's done a cover of it, but the Dean Martin one, I think, was the big one. Yes. It's this great song. And he starts singing and you're just going there's nothing special about this voice or anything why is everybody oh but they love it, it? oh they're eating it up oh, they're yeah. eating it up to the point that someone grabs his hair yeah and it comes right off it's a wig <laughs> yes and he suddenly just freaks out like his eyes go crazy i'll tell you man when people are exposed as baldies in this movie it is freaky yeah and to the point also where when every time they show someone who is bald, you're like, whoa. <laughs> well, yeah, even when the midnight oil guy in the <laughs> yeah. park will get to him. <laughs> so, yeah, when they pull it out, his eyes go crazy, and he runs out, and everybody kind of laughs, but they're also going, whoa. We should probably go and find him. What happened there? Yeah. And they do. They go out to search for him, as you should. And it's odd because... That party, it looks like it's one of those A-frames that you would have up in, like, the mountains. So he's running. I mean, it looks like it's also shot up probably somewhere around here in the San Gabriels or Malibu. Yeah, I, for some reason in my head, I just think Big Bear. Yeah, that's what, I'm, the know, same thing. Like, like Big Bear, there are a bunch of friends go up there for the weekend. Yeah. But a group of guys decides, we're going to drive into town. I'm thinking... Wait a second. He didn't take his car. No. Like, like, why are you driving into town? Like, I, you should be searching around the, the cabin. I, th- I think they were going to end up at a bar. Yeah. That, that was my guess. But Jerry decides he's going on foot. He's going to look around. Meanwhile, Franny doubles back. Yeah. This is, I mean, I'm sorry to laugh. And all the ladies are left there by three, themselves. Three women, three women. Because Alicia takes yeah. off with yeah. the guys. Yeah. Because she has a headache. She doesn't feel good. Yes. So you're like, she needs Ooh. some ginger. Yeah. Or honey. honey. She needed honey. That's it. Yeah. So again, whoa, something might be up with her. Yeah. And just have to point out, Franny, Billy Crystal's brother. So Franny doubles back, knocks the door, comes in, and just goes ballistic and does something that is really like, this is one scene where I'm like, oh my gosh, he shoves one of the women into the fire. <laughs> yes. And, and keeps pushing her. She's screaming, yeah. trying to get out. He just pushing her. I'm sorry. It's so horrible. Yeah. But I just, a couple of times, I've watched it many times yeah. now. And I just was laughing. I went, oh, my goodness. Oh, my. And the other two women are just standing there going, whoa. And then he kills them. And then uh, what you find out later is he puts both them in the fire, too. It's Yeah. And Jerry comes back and stumbles upon it. So nice search, Jerry. Yeah. yeah. He goes out, finds a wig. And that was odd because he finds a wig in a tree. I didn't think he took the wig with No, him. no. It was odd. There are because- some, like, question as far as continuity in this movie. There are things that you kind of go... Well, that ain't right. Well, because timing, too, because the women are in that cabin, and they begin screaming right when Franny's there. You would hear that, but Jerry is out in the forest, and then he hears a scream that comes at the end. So when he gets there, there's nothing to be done. They're dead. And he, you see the first time Jerry Zipkin, and we're we're going to go Jerry or Zipkin, or Zippo, Zippy. Zippy? They call him Zippy? Do, um, you choose. What do you uh, choose? I like Zipkin. It's really... Let's go Zipkin. Okay. Yeah. So Zipkin shows back up, and he is just horrified. Yeah. And as he should be. <laughs> Zalman King, as an actor, has 
two switches. Passive and then complete hysterics. It There's is. no in between. And Jason, I did find out the Lieberman, the director, instructed him. Because you have people, these people freak out. They go from seeming normal to complete, like, freaking out, shoving people into fireplaces. Yeah. And he told Zalman King to act crazy so that people were constantly thinking. question is, he He, he might be one of the baldies. Yeah. yeah. And it really, it was bad. It was bad direction. It really was because he does. He just, he, like you said, he'll just suddenly, he just starts screaming in someone's face. It, it almost <laughs> goes, he goes like, he goes Godfather Pacino yeah. to hoo Pacino, you know, <laughs> over the top Latter-day Pacino. He just goes from there, the pendulum swings really, really bad. Franny is sticking around there for some reason. He They start fighting yeah. and there's a chase and Franny runs in front of a truck and gets hit. And this is, like, again, strange, but this is where we get the Hitchcock thing. Jerry runs away. He didn't do anything wrong. He was being attacked, but he runs away, which makes him look suspicious. We're getting into the Hitchcock wrongly accused man thing, which this is kind of a very Hitchcock yeah, kind of vibe. very much. Plot-wise. Very much a conspiracy the movie, movie of yes, the 70s. The, like, the one-armed man yeah. and the fugitive. He's yeah. going around chasing clues, trying to clear himself, I think. Kind of. Yeah. He's, yeah. That's very much, I, I I totally agree with you. That. And one of the, the truck drivers goes, give me a gun. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go chase this guy. And Jerry runs back to the house. Yeah. So eventually we jump to a scene where the police, everybody's come back from the town, the three men, they find this house. The police are there. They, the police are interviewing everybody. And no one, like right off, like you said, they're focusing on Zipkin. He is our guy because he ran. But no one says, hey, you know, Franny, he freaked out (laughs) and like his hair is all gone and he ran out of here like a crazy person because the assumption is all his friends have to say, oh, yeah, like Jerry burnt every like he burnt like he threw three women in the fire and burned them. Franny ran away like a crazy person bald and then he got run over by a truck. And then when they went to check him, he got up and walked around a little bit before falling down again. But you know what? What Jerry did was he used that as an opportunity to go back and throw these women in a fireplace. Nobody suspects (laughs) anything other than Zipkin. Except for Alicia, his girl. Oh, yeah. She's like, there's no way. She's got a heart of gold. Yeah, and she's She's pulling the she likes drinking. Oh, yeah. She's drinking a lot in this movie. Yeah. Drinking when she probably should be paying more attention. Now, yeah, she's day drinking. <laughs> yeah. she, later, she's calling cop and she's day drinking. She's half in the bag. And then she's like, I'm going to go do a double martini with big number 32. <laughs> well, yeah, and, and she should be keeping her eye until all of a sudden she's down to them. And, like, and I'm like, wait a second. My you, kind, should, you know you should be watching this guy. <laughs> my kind of lady. <laughs> you know what I mean? So he's got to go see his buddy because the, the trucker yeah. shot him in the arm after he freaks out on the trucker. Yeah. He's like, I didn't do anything. But we get a hint too that Jerry is an unstable person. And this deals with like... Erratic is the word they use. He's had 10 jobs. He's a Cornell, top of his class. Also got to point out, he didn't go to Stanford. And it should be a little clue. He went to Cornell, 10 jobs in the last five years. The last job he quit because he said, we need to hire more women and make this place equitable. And they wouldn't, so he just walked out of his job. So he's like, he's unstable. But really, if you're looking at this as a 70s movie, he's the only one who didn't sell out because everybody else he knew kind of sold out. They become doctors or police or running for Congress. Like everybody sold out. But Jerry is keeping the Woodstock generation alive. <laughs> he is. He's keeping he is. He's keeping that vibe, dude. You're absolutely right. He sees Bloom, the doctor, says, you know, I, I got winged by a hunter. It's clear they haven't seen each other in a long time. Yeah. Suddenly this guy comes into your life, he's shot, and then he starts asking for drugs and all this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> and his hair is crazy. Like, Zalman King has a lot of hair. <laughs> he's got a nice head of hair. And you might know his name because acting is not what he's known for. No. He's known for sexy movies and, like, well, erotic movies. Red, Red Shoe Diaries. I mean, think that. I think our generation. Wild Orchid. Yeah. You know, so it's like that, like, uh, they, I think. Softcore skin Yes, max. that's it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes. That, thank you. Softcore would be. But the, the funny thing is, is that that's how we know him and that's how his career kind of ended. But the reason he was known at the time is that he was actually like a teen heartthrob. He did these 60s, like he was in Gunsmoke, and then he did um, like it was that. like the New Lawyers. He had a good career, yeah. died yeah. fairly young. Yeah, that's too bad. Yeah, yeah. he had cancer. Yeah. 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 So anyway, Bloom helps him out. And what we do notice is there's a diploma in his office. Stanford. Trouble. There. Trouble in, when you go to Stanford. In, in, in the Bay Area. Yeah. <laughs> Those hippies. And Jerry asks, are you losing your hair? Like Jerry's picking he up even, on some clues. And he picks up some hair. So again, casting more suspicion. Everywhere he goes, he gets super paranoid. Oh, yeah. Because everywhere he turns, he's seeing bald people. Yeah. I see bald people. Yeah. <laughs> totally conspiracy movie. <laughs> I'm seeing baldies everywhere. <laughs> the movie picks up. We're now back at Wendy, Ed Fleming's former wife, and she's washing her hair in the sink. Like, there's a lot of things to do with hair. Yes, because earlier, the little girl, again, brat, because early on, the little girl grabs her hair and pulls, like, a a substantial amount out of her head and and kind of laughs. Yeah, Yeah. and she goes, look what I did, Uh aha. And I'm like, I I hate these kids. (laughs) I I do. do, One of them name is Jason. (laughs) I I, I, had nothing to do with that. But what I did find out is I think their voices were dubbed with the director's kids, because I think when the parents found out what they had the kids doing, and like, oh my goodness, yeah. dude, my kid, you're doing this with my kids, they wouldn't let the kids go back and dub their voices. They had to use the director's kids. It's hilarious. But these, oh, I just, I grew to just loathe these children. And, I wanted them to get thrown in a fireplace. I'll and, say it. I and don't so care. Wendy sees a bunch of her hair after washing the sink that has fallen out. And she is kind of anxious. And this is one of, I love these things because the neighbor's like, let me pour you a cup of coffee. Because when you're anxious, like, <laughs> let me give me a cup of coffee, maybe a cigarette, really calm you down, calm your nerves down. Cigarettes, you know, I mean, I don't know. I used to smoke. But but also what I love is is her her neighbor, she's really upset and her, friend, and her neighbor just goes, when was the last time you got some? Yeah, exactly. I read Cosmo. <laughs> yeah. And if you're not getting some on a regular you basis, lose your, hair? your hormones will impact and you'll lose your hair. You lose like, your hair if you're another reason not to read Cosmo. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and they bring up Ed Fleming. It's yes. been a year since they broke up. So there's a connection here. Yeah. So and and of course we get more Jerry suspicion because Alicia, he wants to meet Alicia yeah. and he meets her in the wrong spot. She yeah. says, hey, you told me to meet on that side of the building. And he goes, I'm not thinking right. Yeah. So you keep waiting for him to go baldy. I kept waiting, Jason, for so, because I've been wanting to, and everything I read about this movie, I kept waiting for like huge masses of baldies to just yeah. be freaking out. And he's trying to make his case why he's running. He says he pushed Franny in front of the truck and no one would be a witness for him. And then therefore, and he was like, I can't, I, I can't go to jail. I just, I can't go to jail. Which I'm with him on that. Yeah, but but yeah. at the same time, it's like, you gotta, I don't know. It seems like you had some evidence there that something was wrong with Franny. Yeah, I think they, I mean, at the end, they test Wayne's DNA and they felt like do there you, is a do huge. You mean big number 32? I do. <laughs> I mean, Bigfoot. <laughs> but what's great, Jason, is as he's talking to Alicia, he sees someone reading a paper and it talks about this dad in Glendale who went back crap and murdered his whole family and committed suicide. And there's a picture of, it's John Ritchie. 
of the Glendale Richies. Yes. <laughs> what's, what's awesome is there's a picture of the dude and he's bald and he looks crazed and he's dead. Do they do that? I don't do, think would the, they put on the a front suit, page on the front page body. of the LA Times are they putting a dead body, a close-up of a guy's face? They had to do it for the movie. Yeah, of course. Progresses the plot. That sends Jerry off. Again, that wrong man, the, the Hitchcock thing. I'm gonna I'm constantly in motion trying to clear my name. So that's my next thread. I've got to figure out what happened with the O'Malley's. So he goes up there. And Alicia got him a Bronco. She yes. borrowed it from her uncle. She got him a Bronco so he could drive. That scene is interestingly shot because he's going up an escalator and he's trying to read the newspaper and he's not moving. And Alicia's like down. Th- I thought it was a really nice shot, but it was really weird because he's like so stiff trying to read that newspaper going up an escalator. <laughs> For what they yeah. had to work with, they did a pretty good job. You know, and it set me at ease once again that there's something wrong with Zipkin. The score for this, whenever that comes yeah. up, because again, there's that percussive kind of odd chiming sound, and then like a a, a wee, like I don't know how to describe it except like some sort of like high pitched wee. This movie does do a good job of never letting you get settled. Yes, and he takes it upon himself to go and visit the O'Malley house. He wants to go and see, and I don't know what this is going to provide him, but he feels and we like, get the neighbor. Yes. Who's the neighbor? I can't remember. The actress's name is Alice Ghostly. She's been, she was in so much stuff back then, and she was the neighbor. Esmeralda from Bewitched is how I remember. Yes. Her. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. And she keeps saying, like, are you, are you a journalist? That's great. She keeps <laughs> trying to guess what he is. Are you a cop? Are insurance you a journalist? Adjuster. You're an insurance adjuster. <laughs> and he's going, what happened? Oh, she's like, they were the nicest people. He was so gentle and kind. I never thought he'd make it as a detective, which is, <laughs> he was too nice to be a cop. I went, I don't think that should be a, a disqualifying yeah. trait. She says, oh, you'll never get in there. They have it locked up tight. So he just walks over, breaks window, and gets in. So if you're on the run for police, the next thing is you're going to break into a crime scene. Like, I'll tell it's you. very much like the fugitive. Dude, Jerry's got the blues, man. Yeah. Let's have a drink before we go into like Jerry's first conniption. Abs- like, well, major conniption. We, we, do, we need a little landlocked blues right now, buddy. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. This is nice. You get a little bit of everything. I, I will say this. The toasted coconut is very tame, and that's all right with me because I'm getting a lot of good fruit. It's tart without being overly sour where it's like I can drink a can of this, and it's not one of those that makes my tongue hurt. It's like this is good. This is refreshing. What's in a sour that gives it almost a a taste like a carbonated soda? Sometimes it's the yeast, um, but a lot of times it's the fruit giving you that punchy, light, easy drinking. This is a fruited sour. Oh, yeah. So this it's, is pineapple, orange. If we were boat people, I could totally see <laughs> rip-tiding this and like just, <laughs> just sitting on a boat down at a, here to be the marina. Back home, it'd be on the river and knocking these back. I think it's only like 4% if that's what you're looking for. No, I was looking at the drawing because it is a giant wave. And is that the outline of the state of... Yeah, you got Illinois on the one side and then Iowa because more brewing is uh, Illinois. Back pocket is Iowa. So I put stuff out for this. Back Pocket is where I got it. They have a tape tap room in Dubuque. Uh, the, the brewery is in Coralville. It's an old warehouse, tons of old warehouse space downtown that they've been converting into usable retail space. Back Pocket has this huge old school arcade. Nice. Downstairs. And again, I put, I put some video out. It's cool. It's huge. It's tons of fun. Their logo is 
for the Dubuque Tap House, it's like the old, I guess, Atari joystick. Okay. And the top of it is a hop flower. Oh, yeah. I, a have tasting, a taster, yeah. I brought you a yeah. tasting glass. Back. Yeah. And they have tons of great beers. This matches up with the This movie. matched up too well. I was, Even though we call the, the movie's funny. It's, it's a blue sunshine and they use the blue moon constantly. And I'm like, eh, maybe blue moonshine, but it wouldn't have the same ring. <laughs> no. Well, this would be the blue moonshine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Both of them alter you, although this will not have the effect of making you go bald and insane and kill your family. It won't have chromosomal damage. No. <laughs> no. Because, again, we get into Jerry suspicious because he gets into the house and he starts walking and he's hallucinating as if he's there when all of this happened. Because You the, see crime scene the tape. Guy, the guy murdered his still. wife, yeah. his, like, two kids, I think, and the neighbor and his German shepherd came over yeah. and he murdered them. And then... Killed himself. Yeah. This is a house. You don't want to walk. There's going to be some haunting in, in this damn house. And he hears all that sound and he, he has a conniption fit. And Dude. he's like, ah! <laughs> and I'm like, wait a second. He went to Cornell. He didn't go to Stanford. Like, how far is this blue sunshine reaching? No, it, was, it was over the top. It was crazy. Even to the point where he like hallucinates and you see it, the actor yeah. of O'Malley, yeah. bald, and he's yeah. choking him. Yeah. On the floor. You know, nowadays it's like everybody's used to like the main character yeah. being, you know, a villain or being killed. You know, we're all kind of numb to yeah. that idea. But back then it was sort of like you had Psycho having your main character yeah. killed like partway through the movie. This was, you you kind of went, are we going to have that back then where this guy's going to go Looney Tunes? This is the hero, we yeah. think. Yeah, right now we're... We, we're we're scratching for notes and evidence of what's really going on. The bird comes out of nowhere and <laughs> yeah. says blue sunshine. Yeah. And he goes, ooh, gotta go. And then we're going to Franny's, right? Yeah. I don't, like, that's, again, it took me a couple viewings to kind of figure out that's where he went. I went, why is he going to this place? Yeah. Jeff Lieberman, is, he's giving you very slight clues, but it's a movie that if you don't watch closely. The or first many time, time. A lot of stuff I missed the first time. E- exactly. Because we see a Stanford, a rando. O'Malley went to Stanford. Yeah, but it's, it's in such a weird spot. It's just <laughs> like nailed to the middle of a wall above a, an old crib or something. It's like in the strangest place. But usually they display it in a place that makes sense. This is just like, and in, in, in a rec room, you just went, just put it anywhere. I mean, but yeah, the bird comes out, says blue sunshine. It's the only thing it says. And that, that makes him go, I better go to Franny's. Franny's. And he goes there, I want this poster. It's a poster of Ed Fleming from like 10 years ago. And he's got blonde hair or something. And he's just it's this really great late 60s trippy poster. He's looking up in sort of this... Like Timothy Leary. Exactly. And there's rays coming yeah. out of his head. I want that poster so bad. I would do anything to get that poster. Because it's a hoot. He's shirtless. Yeah. And yeah, he's the guru. And he's underneath... Do, do you remember what those little... The little yeah. Like little pick, label makers label, where like exactly. you move around click, the letter, go click, click, click. click. It's yeah. a blue sunshine. <laughs> I think this is what Franny did. <laughs> but John, like, John taught his parrot to say blue sunshine, yeah. and Franny was like, I'm just going to use my label maker okay. to put it under the guru poster of Ed Fleming. Well, also, that's there's a poster of Uncle Sam. I think it's Richard Crystal as Uncle Sam flipping off the camera. Yeah, who who is that? I think I, it's, it's Richard Franny, Crystal. Right? Yeah, is it it's Franny. Franny. Okay, yeah. yeah. It was just it, it took many viewings, and I was like, "Is that Franny?" Yeah. Well, even like the, the actor who's playing Ed Fleming is Mark Goddard, and you don't see him yet in the movie. You just have references to Ed Fleming. and posters. I think yeah. we, I think and we see, see some posters. billboards and posters, and they're always defaced. Yeah, they're always like in a creepily like. The eyes yep. are out, the eyes punched out, half the yeah. face is whited out. They're very odd 
defaced pictures, not just somebody spray painting, like very particular. And so the first time I watched this movie, I remember like when he focused on that picture of the Ed Fleming character as a guru, I didn't know who that was. I never oh, put together like well, until like we do a dissolve to yeah, to a poster. Yeah, yeah, they do a good job. But the first time I watch it, I wasn't paying attention closely. I'm like, oh, okay, that's okay. a good that's a good dissolve to go from a transition. But I didn't think I was like, oh, that's him. Okay, it complete. It makes complete sense. That is him. That was one thing but, I did get yeah. the first time. The Stanford thing, the, all the diplomas. I think yeah. I missed. So of course now he's got to he's got to go see Ed. He's at a campaign event on the outside in the parking lot of a mall. And I think Lieberman was in big to the puppet mafia because this is where we get way too many mentions of the puppet people. What the F is going on there? Full disclosure, I did acid when I was younger. And when we get to the puppet show, I thought I was having an acid flashback. It was the most absolute insane thing. Crazy. So anyway, we... He goes to visit this guy because he's like, maybe this is the connection. Yeah, maybe. And and also, when you're at Franny's place, you see pictures of Zipkin, Jerry, with Fanny. So you know that all like this is a loose circle of friends. Yeah. And that Franny also went to Stanford. Yes, <laughs> exactly. These are like the low-rent Abby Hoffman yeah. group. Yeah. You know, all those, how all of those big people were like very connected, but these... These were the lesser knowns. <laughs> so this is the first time you really see Mark Goddard, who will always be Major Don West to me from Lost in Space. That's play, fair. Playing Congressman Ed Fleming, running for Congress. That old school man's man yeah, look about you know, him. You know, ex- exactly. Good looking guy. And at the campaign event, he gets a notification that there's someone who wants to speak to you. And he's like, oh, okay, I'll speak. Clearly thinking that's probably some constituent. And like he has a politician. He's a politician. Gotta, he's going to speak to get greased, you know. Yeah. And he's having a discussion with Zipkin and Alicia's with Zipkin at this time and he has a discussion and Zipkin's like, Oh, I'm, I'm sad to hear about Fran and everything. And he seems fine until the mention of blue sunshine. And then he gets cagey, he really cagey. And we see earlier when we first see him that he's kind of a crank, like yeah. this guy behind the scenes, he's, he's, he's ugh, a hard driver, but yeah, there's a absolute change. He gets cagey standoffish. Exactly. And that's when uh, Wayne, his right-hand man. Security guy, almost. Yeah. Who's big, working for free, yeah. but has an expense account. I, Why is he working for free? <laughs> I don't know, but he's a big fella. Yeah, football player. Yeah. <laughs> big number 32, we find Stanford. out. Yeah, Stanford. <laughs> Loved acid. Like yeah. that, That's what it's Where we learn. Loves acid. <laughs> under his picture, big number 32, Stanford. <laughs> loves acid. And you're looking at both his hair and at Ed Fleming's hair, and you're like, are those wigs? They're like hair, hair helmets. His hair is, you could set a watch to that, you know? But as he's talking to Jerry, that is when Wayne introduced, he see, he yeah. spots Alicia, and she's, she's cute. Yeah. She's got Peggy Fleming hairdo kind yeah. of thing going on, right? Yeah. I think that, was that fair? Yeah, That's absolutely. Peggy Fleming, you know, yeah. that very popular hairdo. But he sees her, so he's like, I'm going to make time with her. And that's what he does. He, he says, hey, how's it going? You know, yeah, I went to went to school with him. Uh, I played football at Stanford. You ever hear, because we've been saying this, yes. but he, he, this is his pickup line. Yeah, I played football at Stanford. You ever hear a big number 32? She's like, no. Uh, made, must not have made an impact way. No. Yeah. No. <laughs> no Jim Plunkett, you. But this is also <laughs> the point where as Zipkin and Ed Fleming have a discussion, chief of staff or assistant comes out and is like, I got the puppet people on the line. They mentioned the puppet people, I think, two or three times. And <laughs> I that tell them. Sequ- yeah. <laughs> I, I, like, why are they talking was about that puppets? Was that a thing in the 70s? I that, mean, 
puppeteers Ooh. at your campaign events? And not like big crazy puppets. They're like little hand-punching Judy puppets. Yeah. It's very it, strange. It was odd. And the cop, Lieutenant Clay, yeah. who likes a good sweater. Was it Starchy or Hutch who yeah. wore that sweater? Mm, <laughs> was I it th- David Soul or... Uh, I think they both wore sweaters, sweaters at different like times. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, he's been on the trail. Yeah. <laughs> and so he shows up, and Alicia, I think she's running interference. I yeah. think it's twofold. What do you think? She wants to get, get away from Wayne, because yes. Wayne is kind of coming on to her. A little creepy like. Yeah. And, too, too heavy. And also, ooh, ooh, Jazipkin's wanted. And so she runs over to talk interference, and then we get a car chase, because yeah. why not? It's the 70s. you got to have a car chase. Yes. And, he, and Lieutenant Clay is driving, like, kind of, I, I can't remember what kind of car it is, but it is that great 70s oh, car yeah. with, like, the back roof is like back part of the roof is like that leather or something it's a very vinyl it's very odd and they, he gets in a chase with jerry and his his bronco fortunately he's got a bronco because he ends up driving away up yeah. four wheeling yeah it's a, it's a funny <laughs> little car chase he gets away from lieutenant clay and he meets back with leisha similar place somewhere it's actually it's, sherman oaks i don't know <laughs> no it's in downtown la it's right oh, yeah. next to the grand park area yes. did you see at one time when she's crossing the bridge there's that weird piece of art called the trifarium or trilarium or something like that it's all in that one location they're meeting because those are some of the downtown city hall buildings around them but he meets but, back there with alicia well she brings up stanford she brings up wayne mulligan old number 32, 32. literally you almost see a light bulb go off over Zipkin's head because he goes, whoa. And he thinks of David Sta- Bloom. Bloom, he thinks of the O'Malley's. Yeah. Stanford. Ed Fleming went to Stanford. Franny went to Stanford. All these people, that's the connection. And he asked Alicia, research anyone that Fleming knew back in his Stanford days. And what he's going to do <laughs> is do, he's going to go and hide in <laughs> Dr. Bloom's closet <laughs> and scare the crap out of him after surgery. <laughs> Well, because we get suspicious of Bloom. Bloom's going into surgery. He's having you're doing a lot of close-ups of very tense eyes. Yeah. And he's sweaty and he's very he's very short with his nurses, the yep. assistants and the doing surgery. And Zipkin's even watching him and, and you're like, Ugh. you're waiting for that moment of him to just go, ah crazy during surgery. Dr. And, Giggles. But he <laughs> yes, or there's a, an X-Files episode where a guy's doing liposuction. Yeah. And he just ends up freaking out yeah. and killing the patient, which is very uncool. And like, the old lady from the very beginning of the scene dies on the operating table. It's sad. It's sad. Yeah, it's really a bummer. But it wasn't, it, it just happened. Yeah. He lo- and he lost the patient. It wasn't anything he did. Zipkin is hiding, scares the bejeebers out of him. And he pulls on the doctor's hair. And he's like, what are you doing? <laughs> Jason jumps out of a closet. Yeah. Yanks your hair. Freaky <laughs> pulls hair. I mean, you're throwing hands. Yeah. Uh, again. I think he punched somebody, you know, do something. And you get a big explanation now. Yeah, because Bloom went, and he said, dude, you went to Stanford. Do you ever hear Blue Sunshine? He said, and we find out Bloom sold acid. He, yeah. And he said. Never knew his friends, though, because he didn't know what was in it. Yes. We, well, <laughs> like, at what, first. What kind of doctor is this? <laughs> yeah. Well, at first, Jerry's thinking, oh, dude, you went there. You took Bloom. Ed Fleming. Did you? And he's like, yeah, I, I scored from him. And he went, well, then it's not that. It's not the Stanford connection. Because you took it. And he said, no, I didn't. I only sold it to strangers for tuition. Nowadays, you know how much acid you'd have to sell to pay for your tuition <laughs> at Stanford? <laughs> if, you, if you're not scholarship, you got to sell a lot of acid, Jason. <laughs> and he says, I never fooled around from acid. I just bought it and sold it for a small profit. And he goes, I never took a chance to sell it to friends. Only strangers. And then as Jerry's Zipkins explain his theory, the doctor's like, wait a second. So you're saying the person gets 
alopecia's totalis and insanity. He's like, I've never heard of such a thing. <laughs> and what's great is Jerry comes up with the idea. He goes, can I get a bunch of tranquilizers? Yeah. How can you stop a crazy person? <laughs> what would it take? So you got to take blood to test to see if anything happened there. Yeah. Not sure if that's true or not, but it's like, can I get a bunch of horse tranquilizers? I, I, I forgot to write down the name of it. And Dr. Bloom's like, oh, dude, I, I could that. lose my license. Yeah. You know? And then he goes, ah, right. Yeah. You're a good friend, Zip, Zipkin. I'll give it to you. We now transition to another Ed Fleming campaign event. And he's sitting there talking to, it's outside. It looks like at the Grand Plaza area of downtown LA. Alicia's there because she's supposed to meet Zipkin. The big number 32, Wayne Mulligan spots her. And he's like, right. make another move on this woman. And he does a bad job. He does it. a bad job because he, he's, he's very aggressive. Where he just, he grabs her like, because she's like, oh, I'm just window shopping. He's like, okay, let's go shopping and grabs her. And he's like, you go with that guy? Like referring to Zipkin. But then... You get a hint that maybe Wayne, because a car goes by and honks. A truck. A truck. And he screams and he grabs his head. Yeah. I think he says, you goddamn trucks. Yeah. (laughs) And she is unsettled. Yeah. He does that and then sort of goes, well, anyway, I'll take you out shopping. Why don't you meet me at a discotheque? What? We have an event at Shopper World's Mall. Meet me there. And she remembers that she's supposed to follow up information, so she agrees. Yes. Like, she's going to get some information and meet him at this yes, I don't. I can't handle loud noises, but meet me at a discotheque. Yeah, it's called Big Daddy's. S- strange. Strange <laughs> choice. Shopper's world is great. And also, if you're running for Congress, I mean, if I was helping him run a campaign, I'd say, you might want to do a rally outside the greater Los Angeles area. Yeah. It's, it's awesome that you want to get the votes yeah. here. But you're not running for L.A. City Council. Yeah. He's running for Congress. Well, you know, my whole time, I'm thinking that he's running for, like, state Congress. <laughs> <laughs> Even then, you might want to visit Sacramento or San Diego. You might want to get outside he, he of one a little, city. He seems a little small scale, and, like, <laughs> having puppets and doing mall events. I'm like, I don't, maybe that's what happened. I thought, I thought it was grander. I thought Congress. I thought the U.S. Congress. But even statewide, you want votes outside of L.A. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. Yeah. So Jerry, for whatever reason, thinks it's time to go see Wendy. Yes. I do kind of wonder, it would be nice to know how Jerry finds these things out and says, I got to go find these people. Yeah, we're left in the dark. I'm assuming that he looked at Ed Fleming and was like, wait a second, Ed Fleming had a wife he divorced. I wonder if she has any knowledge of blue sunshine. <laughs> Which she doesn't, but she's get, you can see she's getting worse. Her hair looks like she's wearing a wig. I mean, it's a oh, bob she's totally wearing. She's, to- <laughs> she's totally wearing a wig. It is 100% a wig. So, no, but he goes to see her and, and starts kind of pressing her a little bit, and she ain't having it. No. And she gives him the boot, then sits down and just starts taking pills. I'm assuming it's aspirin. Dry-eating dry aspirin. Like one. Yeah, chomping one, on it. One handful, pulls her freaking hair off. And, dude, when she goes, because she slowly pulls her wig yeah. off and her eyes. The kids are screaming in the other yeah. room. They want and, ice cream screaming. And, again, I was just. And ice cream and Dr. Pepper. We are chanting. Yeah. <laughs> We've already established that children are going to be killed because the cop killed his kids. So I just kept going. I want these kids chucked off the balcony. I want them done. I hated these kids. I'm serious. I hated these kids with the passion of like 10 freaking sons. It was insane. And when she turns, like she's, her eyes. She does a good job. Oh, You're like, oh. It is scary. It is so scary. Meanwhile, Jerry's going down elevator. 
and he has, I need to go back. Something clicks. Thank like, God. I need to go back. And he goes back and he hears the kids screaming. And once again, Zipkin, wrong place, wrong time, goes in, wrestles with Wendy, prevent her from killing these kids, grabs a knife out of her hand, and then she ends up getting tossed over the balcony. <laughs> and he's holding a blo- like a, a bloody knife. She's dead. And then the neighbor, the Stephanie. parent, Stephanie, walks in. And, of course, you're looking around. You see him. He looks crazy. She had just met him. Has a knife in her hand. And Wendy's had gone over. And, and so he takes off running again. But the thing is, Jason, he doesn't help himself because no. he's, he freaks out on her. He yeah. starts screaming. Yeah. Like, I didn't do anything. Yeah. You, you're acting poorly. You're acting guilty. But you think, oh, when they find Wendy, they go, well, she's totally bald. Yeah. Let's talk to these kids. And they go, yeah, Aunt, you know, I assume they're like Aunt Wendy. Yeah. She came out, she was at a knife, and she was going to be Kill mean. Us. I mean, it's not cut and dry. What's the, what are the, the police, they have, Lieutenant Clay has Zipkin in his mind. He's not going to look at any other evidence. I think he's got sweaters on his mind. Yeah. So still loving like this. Ridiculous Cornell student. He should have gone to Stanford. That's what we like out here in California. <laughs> I'm glad you like this. It's delicious. Hey, cheers, cheers again, again, buddy. Nice. This is great. Thank, thank you, Back Pocket. And, you know, I'll thank more, more Brewing. Um, they're a little closer to Chicago. I haven't been there. Reach out to them at some point when I go back. Yeah. Nothing like driving in Chicago. It's yeah. a fun town. Going there, get a little blue sunshine. Yeah. Not going to do that anymore, <laughs> but unless blue sunshine was a drink. Yeah. And I go... First bad choice of the day is I bought a drink called Blue Sunshine, and it was 1 p.m. <laughs> you could do like a Blue Hawaiian, Blue Sunshine movie marathon. <laughs> and I love the idea of like making the beer bluish. Yeah. I mean, spirulina is a yeah. natural thing. It's exactly. like they're not like, yeah, we just came up with some chemical. Blue dye it. number 52. Yeah. which I, And then I go, whoever has to clean your lines yeah. and clean up after you make that beer. So <laughs> this is tasty, though. Like, well, pineapple I love, you know, orange puree. Delicious. Yeah, this is a good time. Really tasty. So, yeah, Lieutenant Clay in his sweater, he just sort of pops up randomly. I don't know his policing skills, but he's one step behind Zipkin. Jason, absolutely. And I'm not really sure what he does for the movie. He provides the chase that's forcing Jerry to run. Every police, like, at that very first incident at that cabin, if they're like, hey, Jerry, um, yeah. We understand. You're, you're clear. Don't worry about it. Speak- what would have been like the pressure to make move Zipkin into like falling this, like running, like because even when he meets Alicia, when they when when they have these meetings and they're done, he always takes off running. <laughs> like he's in such a hurry. Like I gotta run. <laughs> you're right. It's true. It's so true. But real quick, uh, when we meet Lieutenant Clay, he's got a partner. Yes. And that partner, if I read this correctly, doing research, that partner, that he was supposed to have a bigger part. I think he okay. was supposed to be the Lieutenant Clay guy. Mm-hmm. The actor injured himself. Oh. Really bad. And it ended up, so they were like, we got to do something. And they gave it to Lieutenant Clay, which is kind of odd because the Lieutenant Clay actor, he's like good looking guy. Yeah. Major character actor. The other guy was sort of this kind of frumpy, goofy guy. Yeah. So I'm not sure, but that just yeah. a little little trivia. Yeah. We like to pull a little <laughs> trivia, and I know that guy disappears. They were yeah. a partner. They were Starsky and Hutch. Yeah, and he's you don't. He see was at, he was at the cabin, and that's kind you, of it. Yeah, and it was because the actor I think broke his ankle or something. The police are there just to provide pressure on the Zipkin character to like create the chase, create that fugitive Hitchcock atmosphere. Because otherwise, but, uh, there'd be other no than pressure. the car chase, yeah. there's not a lot. He just shows up like yeah. a day after Zipkin was yeah. there. He's like, hey. All right. I like sweaters. They come up with some song and dance. Wayne's like, he came, which again, a good cop, I think would see right through this because they say, 
yeah, this Zipkin guy. Oh, he showed up. He wanted work. Yeah. And, you know, we didn't have anything. Wayne ended, Wayne's my insurance policy. Yeah. Ended up showing him the door. Like a good cop, I think, would go, hold on. I think this guy might be a serious murderer. Yeah. And you're telling me he just stopped in the middle of his murder spree and went, I want to go volunteer for a campaign. For your, I'm going to go with it. State yeah. election campaign. <laughs> you know? I, I think Lieutenant Clay might be imbibing. Yeah. <laughs> it's like something, maybe he's getting smoking a little grass. Or yeah. He's quietly quitting. You know, He's just yeah. doing his job. <laughs> but that's it. Nine to five. I don't even want to get into that. Yeah. Quiet quitting. I hate that. So no, but we get to, for me. And, and a really weird scene. At MacArthur Park. What's going on? Zipkin is sitting on a bench waiting for Bloom and and his horse tranquilizers. (laughs) Yeah. And this junkie walks up and just sits down next to him and starts talking and being buddies and... Acting like they know each other. And And acting like he knows Dr. Bloom, too. He's like, there he is. There's my my man. There's my guy. And I'm like, is Dr. Bloom also like a pusher now, too? Like, does he? But he's not because he said, I feel like a pusher. He's like, I don't like being here. But the dude, dude, it's so strange because he he comes up and he, what does he call him? Like Charlie or John or something? Johnny. Johnny. Which is really close to like Jerry. Jerry. So I'm like, but I think he's just a junkie who's like, oh, you're a junkie and I'm a junkie. He's putting his arm. He's like, hey, you can't be like that. It's really weird. And then I, some rando ball dude who looks like the lead singer from Midnight Oil. He just stops and, and Jerry sees him, kind of freaks out because the guy, the guy does stop yeah. and look at him with these big, you know, Coke bottle glasses and just smiles and stares at him, which is odd. There's an oddness. I would go never going to this park again. And honestly, I'm thinking, you know, MacArthur Park still a lot like that. <laughs> Hasn't changed. <laughs> is that is that what the song's from? Is it from that park? Yeah, it's that park, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Here's the thing, Jason. Bloom has now heard all about this, like Zipkin is wanted and a bunch of murders and all this nonsense. He still shows up with the tranquilizer that he said could take down an elephant. And he goes, hey, man, here's your stuff. I don't want to see you again. I haven't seen you in forever. You show up, you were shot, and then you show up and you want tranquilizers. And then I hear you might be a big murderer. I'm going to give you some. Don't show back at the hospital. Don't show up my office. Yeah. But at the same time. By the way, here's tranquilizer. Well, because Zipkin goes like, well, what I'm saying is true. And he's like, hey. I still believe you. That's why I'm giving you this. And then he gives him that one piece of info. Oh, I was looking at the yearbook. So that's what I go back and do yeah. for you. It reminded me there was a football player. Love the ass. <laughs> Wayne Mulligan. Yes. <laughs> so also like another light bulb. Oh. I love that he I love that he took time out of his day to go, I'm gonna go back and look at my college yearbook. And I didn't even know they had college yearbooks. The same thing. Like, I didn't realize that they had college yearbooks. I mean, I don't know. I went to a school that at the time had like 28,000 students. Like, that college yearbook's going to be huge. I went to the, yeah, I went to the University <laughs> of Iowa. Well, Stanford. <laughs> <laughs> you know? The Ivy League of the West. Oh. So now we get Alicia who's doing some day drinking. She calls Clay. What is she, that beer? I looked. I could not figure it it's out. It's like B A L L A and like Ballantine. Yeah, something L. And yeah, then, it, it, could it be Ballantine? Because I did the same thing. But she gets on the phone. She's just putting a beer down, which you know that's what we do. Well, I'm not even sure what Alicia does for a living. <laughs> And Jason, here's another odd thing. She talks about the test. What test? How do we know about this test? How do you know about a test? What, what is this all about? We need to test Wayne Mulligan. Yeah, and she's just drunk. Drunk in the middle of the day. She's like, oh, yeah, by the way, I'm meeting him at a discotheque. You know, it's like, I think she just wants the drinks. Yeah, and I think she says, listen, Lieutenant Clay, I know you've been pestering me. I'll give you Zipkin if you get Wayne Mulligan's blood tested. Yeah. And he's like, deal. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, he doesn't even think about it. He's like, dead. Yeah. 
And stop drilling. You struck oil. I, I'm doing deals. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to get my best sweater. Exactly. <laughs> and he's just chilling at his office. Yeah. It's like, ah, I got a little tired of chasing that mass murderer, possibly. Yeah. The, the pellet gun scene, which... Way too long, not way too long. And that guy was weird. <laughs> yeah, dude. And, okay, because I've heard this, you know, they talk about when you fire a gun, yeah. you have to squeeze the trigger, yeah. you don't pull it. Yeah. This is a pellet gun. It doesn't have kick. One of the yeah. reasons they say if you're shooting a gun, you squeeze the trigger, is there's kick. He, he's showing Jerry how to shoot this pellet gun, and then Jerry takes it, and he aims at this target. The guy shoots his pellet gun yeah. in the middle of his store. Exactly. And then Jerry goes to do it, and there's a cop. Lead, the, and, like, lean into the target. Yeah. I'm like, what the dude? I just, just saw the store owner and, and the cop just kind of, he goes, yeah, you know, point a gun at me. You know? I mean, what the hell? I, I don't think that's how it works. <laughs> and I'm not going to find out. Even if it's a pellet gun, I think a cop just goes, if you're pointing a yeah. gun at me, things are going to go bad. So now he's got his gun. Yeah. And... We're leading up to the climax. Shopper big, Worlds, boom. Ed Fleming event, big deal. And remember this this Shopper Worlds mall has a nice discotheque called Big Daddy's. Maybe that was a thing. Because I know most malls had like at least one decent restaurant yeah. or something, but discotheque, I don't yeah. was that a deal? Tell yeah, me. The disco era is gone. You know, even malls, I'm surprised that they're still lasting. At this time though, malls were huge. Oh, huge. Yeah. Huge. I mean, that was like a center of but we get- culture. We get to one of the weird... It really was, dude. I'm, well, I mean, hey, this is right. Dawn of the Dead came out the yeah, next year. exactly. The malls were like yeah. kind of the center of the social world. And he's trying to say, I think, about the 70s, like this this cynicism, like this is where we led to. We we had this huge generation of like, we're going to solve issues. Well, was and, it me, that, the me generation? Yeah. And was now, the 70s. Yeah. Now we're basically, we have Ed Fleming, a former pusher at Stanford, now having a political campaign at a mall with a discotheque. And the only person who understands anything that's going on is this one guy who refuses this to bow. emotionally imbalanced it, yeah. Jerry Zipkin. Yeah. But Jason, this is the puppet show. The big, oh, all, yeah. all the mention of the puppet people. They are the small little puppets that you would have at a kid's par- yeah. birthday party. And it's Barbara Streisand. It and looked like that puppet, what was it, Madeline? You remember, you remember that? Yes, <laughs> absolutely, yeah. Or the land of make-believe. Yeah. <laughs> small, but not that big of a set. It's yeah. a small, and it, they just cut, and it's, a, it's just a black background and this puppet. It was weird. Oh, my goodness. And the people are digging it, though. The oh. campaign people are like, best entertainment Eating ever. it up. <laughs> Mulligan and Alicia are at Big Daddy's discotheque at that mall. And this is a, like, <laughs> going a, discotheque. In the middle of the day. I mean, I know there's a lot of coke my, and you know, stuff going on. My assumption is this event is at dusk, but even so, a discotheque at 6 p.m., because you're not going to have a political campaign so late at night. You're going to have it, like, in, like, the early evening. Yeah. But this disc- discotheque is kicking Hopping, at, man. like, 5, 6 p.m. <laughs> Boy, and, and Wayne is just, he's going, I made regretful decisions because he's sitting at the bar <laughs> and he's just sweating, sweating yeah. profusely, and he looks miserable. And she shows up and she goes, I'll do a double martini with two olives. <laughs> and I'm like, I like your style. Yeah. I like your style, Alicia. I'm going to drink my way through this caper. You know what I mean? And does daughter, I should be really keeping track of this guy because there's might be something. Because I'm assuming at this time, Zipkin has informed her, hey, watch him. He also went to Stanford, loved the acid. I mean, I guess. Yeah. Wayne's goes, I got to go to the bathroom. Yeah. And he's been gone for like 20 
minutes. Yeah, which is, I mean, if anybody leaves that goes to the bathroom of 20 minutes and you're on a date or something, I'm like, this date's over. Oh, she's sitting there drinking. So. She's letting it rip. Yeah. I love it. She's a, she's happy. Clint, Put Lieutenant it on Clay. his expense account yeah, is exactly. what I'm thinking she's doing. <laughs> yeah, and Lieutenant Clay shows up and she goes, oh, oh, he's been gone for a while. Yeah, she goes, I'll go and check on there. And he's in there. And he ain't doing well. No. And a dude, and a Head dude in the sink. Yeah. yeah. And he's good. for 20 minutes. And the guy's like, he's been there a while. And he goes, come on, let's go, buddy. And that's boom. Hair comes he's off. He's a baldy. Not good for Lieutenant Clay. It big, looks like. Big number 32 who loved acid. Yeah. Tosses Lieutenant Clay around like a rag doll. Start and trashes the disco. Yeah. And I think that was another thing that <laughs> yeah. Lieberman was saying. I hate disco. Yeah. Trashes <laughs> it. And then somehow mob riot at the campaign event. Like, it's great. There's a crazy man in the disco. Yeah. He comes out and starts. Yeah. And everybody just starts fleeing. Interrupts the thing. Like, no sense, just complete chaos. Fli- fli- and somehow out of this, Fleming spots Lipkin, yeah. Zipkin and goes, you know, I'm making a citizen's yeah. arrest. I want Wayne to come beat you up. Zipkin flips out again. He's like, ah, I'm getting it's your fault. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. Runs. They do a little cat and mouse with crazy Wayne, yeah. bald, being crazy. In the mall. Record Jer- section. Jerry walks. <laughs> <of> pennies. <laughs> J- J- Jerry walks by the wig yes. department. Oh, yeah. And he almost shoots a bald mannequin. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of this, boop. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, don't shoot me, sir. <laughs> and then he finally gets the drop on Wayne. Boom. Yeah. And takes Wayne goes down. down. But we have a little more. The title cards come up. Yeah. This is an example of, you know, in the 70s. It, I mean, honestly, when I described this movie, I said this was something that would be on like ABC's million dollar movie. Because then it's like a true event where it's like, one, Wayne Mulligan's blood was tested and he had chromosome damage. He is now in uh-huh. Alhambra. State sanitarium. Okay, did you look it up? Is that a real place? Um, Alhambra is a real place. I don't think there's any ever state sanitarium in Alhambra. So the government took them. Yeah, it's not real. Yeah, but we also find out 255 doses of blue sunshine are unaccounted for. Bum bum bum. Blue sunshine too. <laughs> yeah, but at the same time, I'm not 100 percent sure. But I think like acid. Ten years. This is ten years after. Yeah. I don't think acid. As a shelf life, like no, that? I don't think it lasts that long. I think I think it gets really weak. But I don't know. I'm yeah. no scientist. Well, I I thought you had like you talked about what happened to Wayne. You talked about, but you didn't mention like Ed Fleming's career. You know, ended or Jerry Zipkin still on the loose, <laughs> still be hunted. <laughs> Lieutenant Clay yeah. bought a new sweater <laughs> and enjoys it. Enjoys the hell out of that sweater. And that's that's the end. Well, let me ask you, since it was my movie choice, would you recommend it? Uh, I would. So a couple of issues. First and foremost is Lieberman's poor direction to tell Zalman King, act crazy. That really messed up the movie. Second. There was enough oh, red herrings not to have that. We didn't need that. And and also, it, it, he took it to such an extreme that, that it was like, you're scarier than the Baldies. So the other one was going leading into this, I had always read it sounded, it sounded as if this was a Ed Fleming's plan. That he had some conspiracy where all these baldies were going to come up and kind of freak things out for his benefit or something. I would have liked to have seen, like, instead of just a baldy here and a baldy there, it would have been great, like, in in, in the park to have a bunch of baldies, like, a bunch of people freak out at one time. I I thought I was hoping for a little, like, army of baldies kind of thing. Like... While the streets were going to throw an acid in the water reserve? A little bit, a little bit. You know, I was. I, I was kind of hoping that there would be a little more of that. But absolutely, I would recommend this. It's a fun little movie. The score is, is fantastic. I love that Hitchcock feel of the guy who's trying to piece together this puzzle. He's drawn into something, 
and has to piece it together. And he doesn't have a lot of control. Like, yeah. Like he, you know, and he's being chased it, it, by the police. Basically, you're the seat of your pants. Yeah. You're just figuring it out. What about you? I would recommend it. I enjoy the movie. It's different. It does remind me, you know, of this million dollar movie kind of idea. Also like an adult after school special with that true event at the end. Jeff Lieberman, the movies I know him of, he did Squirm. Um, was it Wait Until Dawn or Justin on a slasher movie? Yeah. He did this. He did Remote Control. He did um, Satan's Little Helper. He makes odd little movies. Not a lot, but odd movies. I think he did more screenwriting, yeah. it seemed like. This is, it's just odd. And it has enough of these quirky beats where, you know, I don't think he ever intends to go out and make cult movies, but it's one where like, it's just like the fact that the threat comes from someone being bald. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta have a, a, some sort of trait. Yeah. That, that sets you apart, you know? I mean, this would, this, like, pitching this to a, a big studio, I can only imagine how fast you get laughed out. And you're right. They could have done a more conspiracy where Ed Fleming was trying to get, like, he could have come on as one of these arch conservatives as we're moving into the 80s and we see Reagan. He could have been the arch conservatives and say, like, I'm going to get a lot of people, like, to show what drug abuse does and then we're going to be, like, this hard-pressed anti-drug and like that. And I think I told you before we did this episode that I, I said this would probably have been a better anti-drug PSA than just say no. Yeah. It really did. Because as somebody, you know, who did a little stuff when I was younger, was, I, I went, whoa, yeah. boy, you know, because. Glad I didn't get any of that blue sunshine. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, this is nuts. I mean, I don't want that, you know. <laughs> a, a funny piece of trivia is that Ray Young, Wayne Mulligan, big number 32. Also died young. Yeah. And he played. So Croft Superstars. Some of our younger listeners may not know, be aware of this, but in the 70s, there was these live action shows specifically designed for kids on Saturday morning. And there was a lot of them from like HR Puff and stuff and... Talk the, about trippy. Yeah. All the ones were kind of... Lid, they're kind Lidsville, of... Lidsville. Lidsville. You know, Croft, all of them are... Sid and Marty Croft. Yeah. Those Sid, things were freaking weird. They did the one called Bigfoot and Wild Boy. Which I, had, <laughs> I remember that. that Ray was, Young played Bigfoot the whole run of that. <laughs> When I was a little kid, I think I didn't. I don't know if I saw the like when it came out. Yeah. I think there were like reruns. They were all the time. Yeah. On so on Saturday mornings, I was like, I love that. I think you can find those. Yeah, you can search them on YouTube. Boy, they don't like hold up. No, I, I thought they were so cool, and I was like, so I but I thought the A team was cool. Yeah. And that. Hey, hey, hey! The A team movie, is cool. I don't know. Miami Vice is the only thing that holds up from that era for me. I mean, the A team was pretty lame. So I mean, we both agree. Yeah. It's what, a good movie. What about Landlocked Blues? Oh, sours are a specific taste when it comes to beers. But if you could get this sour, absolutely. This is great. Yeah, Back Pocket is a, they have a little bit of distribution in the Midwest. But, but yeah. you got friends. Exactly. Which <laughs> I've got friends. You got friends. Everybody's got a friend Everybody's who will send them friend. some salsa. As long as those friends aren't going to Stanford making mixing up blue sunshine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I, I thank thank you, Back Pocket, and, and more you. brewing. Absolutely. Um this yeah, this this is delightful. I I'm I'm with you or I love sours. Sometimes I, I I get one and I go, Whoa, why'd you make it so sour? Yeah. I can't drink this whole can. It's like burning you know it's like a but this Zots is candy <laughs> this is refreshing yes this absolutely it's actually kind of a cool cloudy day here and i'm digging it but i could see a sunny day sitting down in the water they watching go oh. elvis blue hawaiian oh absolutely <laughs> and then watching blue sunshine <laughs> staying away from the malls yeah absolutely yeah. and the discotheques yeah you know what that's pretty easy for me <laughs> staying away from discotheques and malls 
that if somebody said they had a weird puppet show, though, I, I might go, we got to go check this. <laughs> we have to go check just in time. They might have a puppet singing just in time. <laughs> so I think that about wraps this one up. I think it does, too. This is Beer and Movies. I'm Jason. And I'm Michael.